as we get started this morning and uh, uh, just have a couple questions for you. How many of you guys are planners? You like to plan everything. You like to have a, a lot of your, your day scheduled, your week scheduled, all those kind of things scheduled. Raise your hand if you're, the, you're a planner here. All right, how many of you are more the spontaneous type of person? You just like to go with the flow, just let things happen. Okay, there's about a, almost a 50-50 uh, uh, breakdown there of our people today. Uh, this past year, Carol and I went on a family vacation and with some of her family members. And I have to admit to you, I was an absolute mess. I love her family, I, I truly do, uh, but I knew that I wasn't in charge of this vacation. And I like to plan vacations, and I like to have all of our days uh, planned ahead. And, and although I truly, I do, I trust the person that was planning this vacation. I love you, Nicole, if you happen to be watching, but uh, it made me completely nervous because I wasn't in control of it. Now, we had some things scheduled before we left on this vacation. We went snorkeling. We got to go on a whale watch. We got to go up on top of a uh, volcano to watch the sunrise. It was all good stuff, but I knew that there was also times in our week that we were there that there was these open, unplanned, unaccounted for times, and that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So I'm the type of vacation planner that wants to have a pretty good idea of where we're going and what we're doing and when we're going to be doing it. Anybody else like me, you like to plan out your vacations? Well, it's like, come on, there's like three of you in here. I know, I know other people like to plan out your vacation. How many of you then uh, like to live in absolute chaos yeah, and you just, whatever happens on vacation, whatever happens, you people are the ones that just like to lie on the beach and do nothing, I think. That's, that's you. So, even if you live your life in uh, complete spontaneousness, I hope that you're going to follow along with us this morning because we're going to look and see how you and your family can plan for some sacred spaces in our lives. And we've been devoting this entire month about learning how God intends to use the family, our family, within uh, the kingdom of God. How he is building up the walls around our family home. We, we talked about how we are building the foundation of the family. Um, Carol and I have never built our own home. Anybody in here, anybody here build your own home? Or you've done that from start to finish. Now, Carol and I, we've not done that. We have a very strong marriage, but I don't know that we would be able to survive that. Um, Carol and I cannot move a couch from one side of the living room to the other without some sort of miscommunication, and each of us is going to go a different direction. But I do know enough about planning a house. I've watched enough HDTV to know... <laughs> That you bring in a planner, you bring in an architect, and that person listens to the plans and the desires of the family, and then he or she draws up those elaborate blueprints, and they show the builder what to do and what should go where. The kitchen needs to go in a certain spot, the bedroom in a certain spot, the garage needs to have plenty of room for me to keep all of my stuff, and Carol's closet needs to have the same square footage as the Taj Mahal, all right? So each of us have to plan out those spaces within our home. 
each room is designed for a particular purpose, a particular function in mind. When we moved to Pekin from Freeport, uh, we looked around at a whole bunch of different houses. Our, our realtor uh, was probably getting a little tired of us by the end of that process. Um, but one of the homes that we looked at, we went downstairs and there was a, ba- there was a basement bedroom. Now that's not strange uh, in and of itself, but in the middle of this bedroom was a toilet just right in the middle of the bedroom. There wasn't walls around it, you know, and there was shag carpeting, all right? Um, The sink was in the hallway. The bed was over here. There was a desk and and a couch in this bedroom over there, but almost right in the middle of this room on shag carpeting was a toilet. Now, somebody didn't do a very good job of planning, did they? Uh, Someone didn't plan that space very well. I know enough about building, even though I have no skills in order to do it, that a contractor doesn't, doesn't, they don't just show up and find a blank spot of land and start throwing together concrete in two by fours, right? There's a whole planning phase that that uh, person has to go through and they have to make sure that the structure fits together well. So let me ask you this question this morning. Do you spend as much time planning out your calendar as we would maybe our home? Are we as families or as individuals spending time to make sure that our calendars have sacred spaces on them as well? A sacred space is a a space that's set aside for a particular function. And I'm sure that if you plan uh, plan out time to go to work, if you planned out time of when to eat dinner or even when to sleep. But what about the things uh, like planning time for vacation? What about times of planning our, our times for a date night with your spouse or just to have fun? Or what is sacred for your family? For some of you, uh, this, is a, this here right now on Sunday morning is a very sacred time for you. You are not going to miss church, and I'm glad that you don't. This couple of hours has become a sacred spot, a sacred space for you and your family, and you are going to be here every Sunday morning, right? But we have to plan for it, don't we? It might be part of our life already. It might be part of our routine. But if we don't make this a sacred space during our week, then other things are going to start to creep into this spot on our calendar, right? And before long, maybe we just miss a weekend here. But then it's a weekend there. And then it's every other weekend we're missing. And maybe it's two in a row or three in a row. And and pretty soon we're just out of the habit altogether, And we experienced that. COVID took that away from us. And a lot of people just got out of the habit of coming to church and making sure that this was a sacred space for for us and our families every single week. I'm so glad that a lot of families made last week our VBS a sacred space uh, so that their kids could come and, and to join together with their friends and to learn about Jesus and learn about what it means to take that good news to our friends. And wasn't it incredible to have all these kids up here this morning? Aren't you glad that our parents made a sacred space 
for all of our kids this week, right? But if we don't make this a sacred space, then other things are going to creep into our calendar. And other things are going to take over what we are doing on a Sunday morning. A sacred place on our calendar should always be reserved for Christ. So today we're, it's all going to be about aligning our calendar with the sacred and creating a sacred space of time uh, set aside for a particular function. Uh, every once in a while when I, I'm asked to do a wedding for a couple and I always tell them that I, I require premarital counseling, that we go through that together and we spend some time talking about what that not only the ceremony, but more importantly, what the marriage is going to be like. And one of the things that we always talk about is money. Why do I always talk about money? Because most of the marital disagreements are about finances. And so we sit down and we talk about what God's plan is for money. And then I actually have that couple devise a budget that they're going to use after the ceremony. And that budget tells us how we are going to spend our money. If only we had something to help us manage our time. We do. It's called our calendar. A calendar helps us to budget our time. A budget tells us how we are going to spend our money. A calendar tells us how we spend our time. So if you do not plan your budget then desirable things, yet very unnecessary things, are going to sneak in and they're going to start taking over your bank account, right? We don't have enough money to pay the electric bill this month because I really wanted a boat, something like that. If we don't take time to plan our calendar, then very desirable, yet unnecessary things are going to soon take over your time. I don't have enough time to spend with my kids because... I didn't budget time for them in the calendar. So how you decide to spend your money and your time will depend on how you see the world. So if you're taking notes, this is uh, number one for you. Your worldview defines how you view time and how you use time. All of us that are here today and all of us that are watching online have a worldview. And a worldview is just how we perceive the world around us. How you view the world defines how you are going to use your time. What you hold as sacred will lead you to make different decisions on how you use your time. There's no doubt that the worldview of society to, has changed over time, right? Right? Uh, we may think that the world has become antagonistic against a Christian worldview, but research shows that the secular world isn't as antagonistic against the church and Christ as we may think. They've really just become ambivalent towards it. The new world view is you do you and I will do me. And you keep to yourself, and I'll keep to myself. And the new worldview is, hey, if you want to go to church, if you want to believe in an absolute moral truth, if you want to follow the Bible, then just go ahead. Just don't expect me to go with you. See, the greatest divide, though, is how we see others. 
a biblical worldview will teach us that we need to put everybody else before ourselves. That we need to look out for those who have less than us and take care of them. The world, though, is teaching us that we are the most important parts of the universe. It's not that the world has suddenly turned against the church. It's that really the world has just turned its back on the church. It's not that they think that they are against us. It's just that the world now has decided that they don't need us. We see that church attendance across the entire United States is down. It's not because people are angry or mad at God. It's just that our society is now not seeing a need for God. So how you, how you view the world will totally change what your calendar looks like and how you approach life. If I would see God as this all-knowing and all-powerful creator of the world who still rules the universe today, then more than likely I am going to carve out some time in my calendar for such a being, right? If I see him as somebody that I need to consult throughout my day, then I'm probably going to set aside some time where I actually speak to him. If he is truly who he says he is, then I'm going to be quick to seek him out when I need guidance and when I need wisdom and when I need his direction in my life. When I became a, a Christian, uh, DC Talk had a song that had just come out said, uh, called What If I Stumble. Anybody remember that, that song? The beginning of that song has a quote from Brennan Manning uh, in the Ragamuffin Gospel. And this is what the beginning of that song said. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And the Bible warns us against such a double-mindedness. James, the brother of Jesus, even wrote this. This is in your notes. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Last week, I uh, brought you a, a quote by Joshua from the uh, Old Testament. It's a familiar one. In fact, Carol and I have a, a plaque in our home that says this exact same thing. It just happens to be in German, her family's heritage. And it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So let me ask you in your family, so what's it going to be? I'm not trying to get so fundamental that I crowd out everybody in their, their faith here, but either we, either we live as if God is in control of our lives or we don't. Either we are following Jesus or we aren't. See, one worldview is always going to overshadow the other one. Either we have been created new 
apart from the world or we haven't. Either we see the world through the lens of Christ or we don't. The Apostle Paul wrote about this. He didn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room when he wrote to the Colossians. And the Colossians were this group of people uh, that Paul, uh, the early church missionary, had introduced them to Jesus. And they were this early church full of all these brand new believers, but they were also a melting pot that they brought in a whole bunch of other different beliefs into the church. And before long, the lines of the church, their beliefs started to blur. And people were believing and, and they were bringing in different elements into the church and into the Christian faith. And so Paul wrote to them and he said this, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died <clears throat> and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He goes on, put to death, therefore, whatever brings or whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So here Paul is saying, you aren't the people that you used to be, Christians. You are being set apart. And so now the decision is up to you. Who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the world or are you going to follow Christ? Right? I think he's still asking us that question today. I think he's still asking moms and dads and grandparents. I think he's still asking us that in our families today. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, let me ask you what makes you different from this world? What are your values now that you have made this decision to follow Christ? See, Paul said that you should be different. He says that we have put on a new self, one that's being renewed in the image of its creator. I'm saying that we should be different if we follow Jesus. The things that our families, family does, the values that we have should be different from what the secular world has. And our calendar should look different too. Which brings me to the next point. If it's not on the calendar, it's not sacred. If it's not on the calendar, it's not sacred. This past Wednesday was Carol and I's 22nd wedding anniversary. For 22 years, Carol has lived in wedded bliss. <laughs> Me too, Carol. Me too. 
So we went out to dinner on Wednesday night. We stopped by VBS for a little while, and then we went to Jonah's for dinner. Haven't been there in a long, long time. And we sat across the table from one another, and we loved our entire evening. And we just sat there and talked (coughs) and shared that meal together. And on our way home, we were telling each other just how much we enjoyed the evening when Carol asked, But honey, are we going to do this now on a regular basis? As soon as she said that, I remembered the second point in my sermon. If it's not on the calendar, it's not sacred. This is one of the times when I'm preaching to myself up here. It used to be on my calendar that uh, where I would pick up my boys from school at least once a week and we would go on what we called a daddy date. Now that was a really cute term when they were in five and eight. It's not so cute when they're 15 and 18. But remember Paul says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. So what sacred things are you needing to put on your calendar? Time with your family, a sacred space just for you and them. Individual days where you can just take out one of your kids or your spouse and to spend time with them. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom. So what do we need to do to start scheduling some time between you and God? So our third point is this, put the sacred things on the calendar first. Put the sacred things on your calendar first. Let me ask you this, how many of you have surplus stuff in your life? And what I mean by that, I'll explain this, is how many of you have things in your home right now, in your house, that just takes up space that has no real purpose? Don't you dare point to your spouse right now, okay? All right? Anybody here has something in your house that's just taking up space? I I do. Um, In fact, this morning I went downstairs and I picked up this cable. I got it out of a box that was in our basement. Well, what makes this cable, I guess, different or special here is that I have moved that cable five times and it's never come out of the box until this morning, right? That cable was moved uh, into a box, into a basement, into a moving truck, out of the moving truck, into a basement, five different times. Now, if anybody of you, you want this cable, it's yours, because it is not going home with me today. It has been taking up residence in my house for 15 years, and I have not used it a single time. How many things do we have on our mental calendar that are just taking up space because it's the way we've always done it. It's time to declutter the calendar. It's time to get rid of the things that aren't sacred anymore. We all have the same amount of time on our calendar, don't we? Not one of us in this room have a minute more than anybody else this week. 
all of us have more things to do than time to do them. All of us have many more desires of things to buy than money to buy them, right? It's not about how much time we have left on a calendar, but how we spend the time that we have left. Last week, I showed you just how little time you have left. If that kid or that grandkid that you, uh, that you have, before they uh, graduate from high school, I hope that was a, just an easy way for you to see that your time is ticking, that we don't have an infinite amount of time with our kids in our homes. And there's nothing that I can do to gain more time. Our time is always ticking away. I am always losing it. And all of us have the same amount of time this week. This week, you have 168 hours in this week. And since it's just about 10 a.m., that means you have 158 hours left. Scientists tell us that if we are to live a healthy life, then 56 of those hours should be spent asleep. All right. (laughs) So of the 102 you have left, a lot of you go to a job. And on average, uh, we spend about 50 hours a week either at our job or doing things, those honeydew lists around the house. So of the 52 hours that you have left. The average person spends about 12 hours a week doing absolutely nothing productive at all. For some of us, that might be a little bit higher than than others, right? That leaves you with about 40 hours. 10 of the hours per week on average are spent by ourselves with no one else around you. Some of our parents and grandparents say, if only I had 10 hours, all right? Which leaves you with 30 hours. 30 hours this week, an average of four hours per day than to spend with your family. If you are a parent or grandparent, your 30 hours might be spread over a a whole month or longer. So how are you prioritizing your time? What are you considering as sacred on your calendar? Those of you that take a a portion of your money every week and you give it back to God know this principle, right? How many times have you been astounded by God's math in your finances? You gave to God first and then he just blessed everything else, right? Time after time, Carol and I have, have prayed about uh, times where we can be generous. And many times it just didn't make sense to do so. Just about a month ago, Carol called me on the, on the phone and said, hey, can we give $250 to Southside? Absolutely, Carol. If that's what God is telling you to do, then who am I to argue with that? Could we have used $250? Yeah, Jonah's ain't cheap, right? (laughs) But in giving to God, he has always, he has always blessed the rest. Always. Never once has God failed us in that. And the same is true with our calendar. The same is going to be true with your time. When you tithe your time, when you put the sacred on the calendar first, 
when you put the most important things of your week on the calendar first, time with your family, time with God, then I guarantee you that God can stretch the amount of time you have left, just like he will with your budget. I don't know how he does it, but I'm going to testify you that he has never let us down. So God established a time for us to set aside for the sacred. And so number four here, which may be the most scariest, the scariest thing for parents to do here is to, is to create a closed for business sign for your family. See, God established a time for us as Christians called the Sabbath for us to pull back for us to rest. But I don't think it's as much uh, about us taking a rest as it is for us to trust God with the remaining time that we have left. See, a Sabbath is a lot about that tithe or us giving to the church. Your tithe isn't as much about you giving 10% or whatever of your income back to the church it's really about you trusting God with the remaining 90%. And the same is true with our Sabbath, our time. The Sabbath is not just for us to take a day off, it's for us to trust God that he can accomplish what needs to get done in the time we have left. The remaining days on the calendar. So I'm saying that we should have a time in our family where we say, nope, closed for business. This is only family time. See, last week I quickly mentioned that we need to set aside some times for our family meals together. And some of you, I was told this week, have, have started doing that. And you're bringing in that time where you and your family are sitting down at the table together. Praise the Lord for that. But for some of us, in order to do that, we may actually have to schedule the time to do it. Put it on the calendar because it's that important. Make sure that time is closed for business. Carol asked me, or reminded me the other day, we were sitting down and, and discussing some things and she said, hey, Brian, what are your boundaries for work? She said, what are the times that you're setting aside just for your family. Basically what she meant is, when are you putting this thing down long enough to spend some time with your family? Ouch, but it's true. And so I kind of watched myself this week as we sat down as those family dinners and how often it was easy for me to just take my phone out and spend some time on my phone when I'm spend, supposed to spend that time with my family. And so maybe that family meal time should be the no phone zone. The other day I was walking up to a store here in Pekin and literally right before I got to the door, the uh, employee inside turned the sign around from open to closed. Uh, man, right? I was a little frustrated, but then I got to thinking that employee deserves her time off, right? The business was closed. It was too late for me to do business there, right? 
I hope that she left that store. I hope that she went home to a family that was excited about spending some time with her that evening. So don't be afraid to create a close for business sign for your family where it is just you and the kids, where it is just you and your spouse, where it is just maybe you and, and some friends from the family of God getting together and doing life with one another. Parents and grandparents, let me challenge you with this. Let your kid create their own clothes for business sign for your family. Now here's the hard part. Let them give it to you whenever they need your time. And what you have to do is stop whatever you're doing and devote that time to your kid. That makes us nervous, doesn't it? But what would that mean in our family? If our kids knew that they could hand you a close for business sign and you're going to spend time with them. What happens within the walls of your home is more important than what happens anywhere else. And lastly, number five is don't let the busy crowd out the important. Remember, your worldview is going to tell you what is most important in your life. And as for me and my house, it's going to be to serve the Lord. We do that by spending time here. We do that by spending time serving others. We do that by spending time discipling others. We do that by setting aside a time where our family is closed for all other business than just family business. Let's make it a conscious effort not to get so busy that we crowd out the important by just being busy. I'm going to ask, uh, I didn't ask him before, so I hope he's going to be gracious, but I'm going to ask Mark, would you come up here, Mark? See the surprise, like, uh uh-oh. Mark, I have just uh, something I want you to try here for me this morning. Um, I have a golden egg, and what I want you to do is hold that in one of your hands, all right? Just put it right there in the palm of your hand, okay? And on the table here are eight quarters, okay? So Mark, just with this hand not using this one at all, you have to try to pick up, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to pick up as many quarters as you can. Now, you can't move that egg out of your hand. You can't crush that egg, Mark. All right? I know your ways, okay? (laughs) That egg cannot move out of the palm of your hand, okay? If you drop a quarter, you're out. Okay. Okay? All right? So, let's see here. I'm going to... My stopwatch. All right. All right. On the count of three, you have thir- uh, one hand. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Ready, set, go. Pretty good. Very good. Oh, you're out. Oh, good. good. Nice try. Nice try. Go ahead. Got to give them all up now. I'll take my egg back. Give, give Mark a round of applause. So now it wasn't, this was a little unfair for, for Mark. Obviously he did a lot better than I was expecting him to do there. I got a little nervous there, Mark, but see, this is a lot of the way we treat our time and we just try to add so much to what we already have. Now, if Mark would have just said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to add anything more. I already have the golden egg. I already have five bucks inside the egg. 
right? If he would have just said, nope, I'm satisfied with what I have. I don't need to add a whole bunch of things to my calendar. I need to make sure I'm keeping what I have sacred. Families, your kids, your grandkids are the golden egg. You already have them in your hand. We don't need to add a whole bunch more stuff. We just need to find time for them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, Thank you for Mark. Thank you for his willingness to come up here and to help. But Lord, uh, thank you for your plan for the family. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us in your word what your plan is, a way that we can budget our time with our calendar. Remind us, Lord, just like you do with a Sabbath, just like you do with uh, putting the first things first with our money and a budget, that we can do that with our calendar and our time. And so, Lord, as, as we make sure that we put the sacred things on the calendar first, time with you, time at church, time with our family, then Lord, in the way that only you can do, would you stretch out the other moments? Would you make that 30 hours left this week for family time be more important than any other hour this week? Lord, may you do amazing things through your family, family of God, Moms, dads, grandparents, and kids. This is your plan. This is your design. Lord, bless our time. And it's in your name that all of us pray together. We say collectively, amen.